you know, I'm excited, Mike, to talk some real golf tonight. Uh, some, you know, really get into the course, uh, some of the strokes gain data, some of that deep analysis that just doesn't happen without me. I asked the tournament director if I could just still show up and play. He's like, sure, I don't care. And I asked my parents, I'm like, well, I'm going to go back and play in the tournament on, on Monday. They're like, no, you're not. <laughs> like, you're going to school. You got disqualified. That's your punishment. Yeah. He ate the in and out pickles. Something was going Tiger was sick. Cantley was sick. Spieth was sick. Uh, I think that in and out truck had something going on. Welcome to Reading the Green, our golf and fantasy sports show. My name is Mike with Kyle tonight on Tuesday, February 20th. This is episode 98, the Mexico Open preview with the Genesis Invitational recap. Kyle, welcome to the pod. Good to be back, Mike. Are you getting lonely? You know, these little just one-on-one pods here recently. We haven't had the group setting. I like spending time one on one with it's kind of like your kids, right? You know, you you gotta you gotta spend one on one time with each of them, so you uh, develop that uh, that direct relationship. Uh, it also gives us time to talk shit about you on on the show. So, well, yeah. See, I I launched into you know discussion topic that wasn't in taking the other one down right away. Jordan Dietrich, uh, yeah, thank you, sir. Um, you know, I'm excited, Mike, to talk some real golf tonight. Uh, some, you know, really get into the course, uh, some of the strokes gain data, some of that deep analysis that just doesn't happen without me. That is why you're on the show, and we owned it. We know that the show the show works, but we don't get the same level of uh, of stats that we get with you. So the junkies out there in the uh, in the RTG universe will uh, be happy that we will get a proper. Uh, tournament preview this week. I did want to ask you a question as we get started, though, is we have not, we talk fantasy sports on the show. We talk a lot of NFL during the NFL season, but you and I are uh, fairly big, big hockey fans. Uh, you probably pay a little more attention to the league than I do, but we dabbled in NHL DFS all last year. We talked about it. We had some proven strategies to make a little dough during the year, and I feel like uh, maybe it's a little bit different vibe this season. What's the latest on your NHL DFS uh, uh, season. You hit it on the head with a different vibe. Uh, it has not gotten near the attention it uh, it as last year, or that it really deserves to be good at it. I'll say, you know, I, I just I just looked at the lineup tonight. Uh, probably not going to cash. Your boy Sorokin though got me a lot of points, but it was also forty six percent off. See, that's just the level of detail when you're not doing it in and out. You don't know when to zig and zag. I just click usually way too often right as I'm starting to make dinner at like 550 and just throwing a line of it. <laughs> well, we'll cash in on whatever season long benefits there are. I have been dabbling a little bit in the DraftKings pick six app. Now that NFL is over, they, of course, extended it to NHL and, and NBA, and they keep on adding different stat lines in NHL. Um, and, you know, I have enough you know credits built up that I got to spend them on something before uh, before NFL season next year. And so it's kind of fun. Uh, tonight, I took Sorokin under uh, under twenty nine and a half saves. The Penguins blew that out of the water. Uh, but those, you know, the, your little pick parlay contest things are are kind of fun when you start cheering for weird, weird stat lines in, in hockey. I do think, though, I, I'm trying to find a bit of an edge. I feel like the goalie saves is one that I might be able to expose. We'll have to talk about it offline. I like it. There is a couple of arenas out there, um, and I, I used to use this in DFS more than I have, too. There's a couple of arenas out there that are very, very generous with shots, uh, so it's easy for a goalie to get saved when it's not going to even hit the net anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like your thought process. Have you hit any of those NHL pick sixes? I think I've hit one out of maybe the, the 10 I do, but I'm usually pretty aggressive with five and six pick sets, but um, we'll, we'll try. They keep on throwing out promos. I'll keep I'll keep firing. I haven't gotten into the pick six because I was already uh, in one of those previously. I am not good at it. Uh, do not kill anything I say from uh, those over under pick contests. No, no, thank you. Not my cup of tea. 
All right. Well, maybe something turns around here come uh, Stanley Cup time. I think we'll have a little bit to talk about when we get into the playoffs and, and DFS. But for now, let's talk about beer and then golf. So what do you got? You said you got something. You got something in your glass you really wanted to share. I am. So a little a little uh, prelude to where we're going this week. But I have an Indeed Brewing Mexican Honey. And then to follow up. <laughs> of course up, you do. I have an Indeed Brewing Mexican Honey Light. <laughs> <laughs> because of Mexican Honey. And this is the funny part about this. Well, first off, it, this is Pole New Jordan because it's an Imperial Lager. It's 8%. Uh, but... Even is that always so, the case with Mexican yeah, honey? Is it always that, is. that that high gravity? Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a sneaky. It's a sneaky little guy because uh, it, it is it very. There's a sweetness to it, uh, the honey element, but it it is totally a Jordan because this was canned on 11 11 22. So I was going to ask if that was something you bought for the show or I believe there was like a hall of beer that was left at your place last summer maybe and i was wondering if those cans are left over from that this uh the wife does like the mexican honey beer so i've i it was left over from something but i did go out on on sunday since monday was a holiday uh and i was at the liquor store and i did pick up mexican honey light because she also likes that one and i was like hey it'll be perfect for tuesday that is perfect. I um I wish I had a beer as apropos as that. I have to wait. I'm gonna have to wait a while for the uh, the Joburg Open or uh, whatever is South African uh, South African based for for golf. Maybe Eric Ryan Roy is gonna win this week, and that would uh, tie this out. '90s Rock Label from Junkyard, Kyle. I think you um I think you had this when you were over at uh, at our place the other weekend, but super delic Rewaka and HBC 586 hops. This thing is kind of tastes weird. Like it's a New England style IPA, but it's got these South African hops in it and it's kind of strange. So I thought I'd have it for the pod. One of those one of those hops to come. Maybe it's a couple of the combination, but yeah, there's something a little different in there. You know, who did win? Didn't Max go win something in? South yeah, Africa, I think he won, I think he won the the African Open, which was uh, was took place in South Africa. So um, who knows? Too bad. Too maybe, bad. He's maybe there's a field this week. Yeah, gonna connect to the dots. Too bad. <laughs> we'll we'll talk we'll talk about home at some point in the show. I'm I'm pretty sure. Let's uh let's get in the Genesis Invitational. I got a, a few things to talk about before we run through uh, RTG results, etc. Um, first thing I'll comment on on Friday night into Saturday morning. There was some serious leaderboard hate. I think we even texted about it. Like, oh, man, what a train wreck for the PGA Tour. We got Patrick Cantlay winning by five shots. He looks invincible. He's going to win this thing running away. Tiger's out. Spieth is out. JT is out. Is anybody even going to show up to Riv and watch the, the weekend of golf? And in, like, you know, in the next day, it all tightened up. And that was a really wild finish on, on Sunday until, you know, Hideki ran away with it. But... What do you what do you have to say to the leaderboard haters uh, that that jumped in on on Friday night? I don't think this will surprise anyone. Uh, I was not in that group of haters. Yeah, Patrick Cantlay out there. Yes, I did not want him to run away with it. But how many times have we we seen this movie? Cantlay jumps out to an early lead and then just backs it up. Usually it's it's before Sunday. Usually it's that on moving day. But he did it again. I uh, been there, done that. Uh, had Willie Z. In striking distance, had Luke List, who I was heavy on last week. We didn't get to talk about his his meltdown to miss a cut the week before because I wasn't here last week. But I uh, like the rebound there. Uh, yeah, and then you got you got Decky coming from from behind. You know, he's like the guy in the what's the the one on, on Twitter on the one gif and the where the guy just jumps over the back all of a sudden <laughs> throws a punch. Yeah, I rewatched well, it part on Monday, and the leaders are through nine, and Decky's still not on the score buck. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, he, went, he goes, he just yeah, just a tear. But it's too many good golfers. I mean, you have too many good golfers in a small field elevated event to think that a five shot lead is totally comfortable. Yeah, Cantlay could have gone out and shot 65, 65 again, but it sixty two is out there for any of these guys on any golf course, and so. You know, you shouldn't have been surprised that that thing, that lead was gobbled up in the next 18 holes. 
And it's one of the great parts about Riv is not only is a, a 63 out there, but a double bogey is out there on almost every hole. Well, let's talk a little bit about Riv because I'm now an expert. I downloaded it on Golf Plus, the uh, mm-hmm. VR, the, the VR video game. Mm-hmm. And while the graphics are not great, um, this ain't no Vision Pro, but the I actually kind of got a little more respect for the golf course. And I think I watched, I watched quite a bit of the event through Thursday through Sunday, the green, I get, I get the correlations to Augusta now with these gigantic bunkers and these undulated greens, big greens, but big undulations. And you can really get in some spots where you have absolutely no chance. Um, I, I get, I get why around the green play was so important here. And frankly, Cantley on Sunday was an around the green master frankly, because he couldn't hit a green to begin with, but his wedge play was was the only thing kind of keeping him in there until he 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 put it in reverse. So I, I I like I like watching this golf course and I feel like uh, getting to see a whole bunch of it on TV this weekend. I have a new respect for it. I've always been a big riff fan. It killed me to not be part of the pod last week because of that fan, uh, that reason. And I, I think one of the other sneaky things, too, is just and picked up more on it this year than in the past is the sight lines off the tee. I think it almost plays games with people. What is it? Uh, 15, right? Where Will drove it in the bunker on the right side. Which everyone you can't just, do. <laughs> yeah, everyone just kept, can't lay it too. Everyone just kept hitting in that bunker, which you can't do. You know it's there. And it's just, I, I think it just kind of messes the sight lines are just tremendous. You have a lot of enormous trees that kind of crowd the tee boxes or really force you to hit a certain shape on the hole. We talked about last week about players that had to hit it right to left and left to right. You know, you got 12 that's kind of forcing this draw off the tee. You got four where this ravine is kind of coming in right on the tee box. Um, and even I'm going to go back. I honestly, you, you, you play the, the VR game. You stand on that tee box at 18 and you're literally hitting over a hill that is twice as high as your head. Um, it's kind of like eight at pebble. You just, you don't realize like how much, how much the, the geography there really kind of plays mind tricks with you. And I think to your point, like it tricks a lot of players into hitting in spots uh, that maybe from watching on TV, you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense, but being there probably feels completely different. I was, uh, house 10, one of my favorite holes on the VR game. <laughs> uh Piece of cake. No problem. Bail out left, chip up onto the green. I did uh, the number of guys. I was curious, the number of guys that hit in that short left bunker on 10, like 50 yards short of the green on Sunday. I don't know what was going on. There was a power outage. If it was cold and balls weren't flying as far, but that was almost an automatic bogey hitting in that bunker. Yeah, I was curious that too. I wanted to go back and look where guys hitting three wood. They were, yeah, because they're trying to land it short left of the green, and I don't know what was going on, but balls are Cantley hitting there. I think List hitting there. Yeah, I think I saw it was Saturday, right? Or what? Sorry, what was it? Friday or Saturday? What day was the pen back as well? Not up. I think that was Friday and Sunday. It was back. Okay, Friday, Friday as well. That uh, more guys hit not hit less than driver this year than the last three years which it, it had been trending completely the other way so i i was just yeah. curious what triggered that obviously there's some data out there that showed that they should but i didn't see as often this year of guys just destroying it way left that's what i was gonna say too that's i thought that was the the bailout and you didn't see guys hitting from back there as quite as much I forget who it was last year that hit it like over the porta potties, even like over those trees, <laughs> over the porta potties, back on that other green back there. Uh, what do you think? What do you make of the? This was obviously played out, well played out on Twitter over the last uh, four days. But what do you make of the the speed situation? It is what it is. It's the rules. I, I have something else I want to talk about speed, and it's not the scorecard. Well, yeah, I know. I, I think it, I think this is going to be multiple players maybe in this topic, but I will say uh, been there, done that as a as a competitive golfer. I've signed an incorrect scorecard. Uh, it's usually in a bad round. You're pissed. You're like, I like, hey, the, the total's right. That's what I shot. And all of a sudden somebody wrote down a lower score on the on one of the holes and it adds up to one stroke lower. And 
and you're out. And I remember uh, this was a two day event that was being played on a Sunday, Monday during the school year for whatever reason. And so I had to have an absence from school on Monday to play in the second round. Well, I got DQ'd in the uh, in, on the Sunday round. Ooh, ooh. So I asked the I asked the tournament director if I could just still show up and play. He's like, sure, I don't care. And I asked my parents, I'm like, well, I'm going to go back and play in the tournament on, on Monday. And they're like, no, you're not. <laughs> like, you're going to school. You got disqualified. That's your punishment. Yeah. Learn learn how to sign a scrap card. A scrap card. Uh, well, like, he doubled 18, right? So, it's, like you said, you, you know, he had a good round going, pissed off about the finish, and just whatever, right? Yeah. Well, you know what? You know why? You know why he was. He made that double. I didn't see it. No, he got he got the runs. No, you, you know why he, Cantley? You know why Cantley shot what he shot on Sunday? He had, he got he the ate, runs. He ate the in and out pickles. Something was going. Tiger was sick. Cantley was sick. Spieth was sick. Uh, I think that in and out truck had something going on. I so I missed apparently uh, all the. I obviously knew the Tiger piece. I didn't know Cantlay. Mm-hmm. Apparently, was... apparently, Xander said to Cantlay after the round on Sunday, like fist bumped him on 18 and said, feel better, man. Didn't shake his hand. Just like fist bump, feel better. And then uh, who commented on it? I don't know if it was someone commented on Spieth and said, I know he wasn't feeling well. He was sick. He wanted to get out of there and he just rushed through the scorer's tent. So that's that's three guys that were sick. Ooh, poor uh, in and out truck guy. See, and maybe those guys all took the pickles off, like Tiger. And if you keep the pickles on, that's what made it okay. Like negates, negates the ill, the, the bacteria. Negates the illness. He needed the counterbalance of the acidity of the pickles. Or something along that lines. Yeah. Well, have you seen, you said you went back and watched it. Had you seen two pure iron shots than what Hideki hit on 15 and 16 on Sunday? So... I'm trying to keep track of which ones in, in, in my mind. The one, I mean, they both went to about six inches. So. Correct, but correct, but 16, was it? That seriously landed on by, yes, yeah. don't get me wrong, it's a great shot. But if that lands four inches short, it doesn't make it out of the rough. Well, in 15, he, he does like the Hideki shrug and stumble out of his uh, follow through. <laughs> and you thought he flung it out way to the right of the green. <laughs> All of a sudden, the ball hits and rolls up right to less than a foot. Like, just sneaky. That guy, like, out of nowhere, even even his mannerisms, you had no idea he was playing as well as he was. 100%. And he's he's just, he has it or he doesn't. He's one of those guys. He's just an assassin. Well... Uh, it was uh, it was a fantastic tournament. I'm glad of the way it turned out, uh, the way that it turned out. Um, let's run through some of the RTG stuff here really quick before we get to the Mexico Open Listener League. You got you doubted me, Kyle. I what what did you text me on uh, on Saturday? Mm, I don't remember on Saturday. <laughs> Whatever day it was. <laughs> well, what, I don't know what what I said. You said you said I don't. You said I don't even have to look at the RTG Listener League to know that Mike went all Aussie in his entry. Correct, and I didn't even. Yeah, for sure. It it's the Kakuya here. You always do that. It's your move. Uh, you threaded the needle with Jason Day. The people Cam Davis. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan Fox. Yeah. I the. Uh, uh, you know, I threw, I tried to throw in guys from the Southeast. I threw in Hideki <laughs> and I threw in Tom Kim and I was like, ah, they probably played some Kikuya because some Kikuya coming up. And, uh, so that paid off spicy one finishes in second and uh long time listener, Derek Howard in third place. So, uh, good, good listener a, league this week. It was very tight at the end. I, Derek, uh, I believe half one half, hung on by point. 0.5. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was tight, and I was right there too. I I think I finished fifth, uh, just slightly out. But uh, the can't lay, the can't lay bogey what was that seventeen hurt. Yeah, it was a it was a disaster. He cost all of us a, a lot of money. But overall, I would say 
RTG model, I know we had a lot of a lot of guys make the cut this week in general in the field, but uh, our high share percentage that we report out every week, that rolled to 90% made cut. So certainly if you were tailing us and our consensus plays, uh, that worked out really well. The bad, JT flamed out. You know, a lot of talk about JT this week. He flames out, uh, but he was pretty high owned. I was in, I had a pretty large cash contest where he was 65% owned and I had him. So it was really no no big deal that uh, that he missed the cut because he you know almost seventy percent of the the contest entries had him so um, no problem saying goodbye to JT this week. So Hideki wins. He was twenty fourth in the RTG model. Uh, I think the only share I had of him was in the RTG Listener League contest. Our top expert contributor of the week, Landon Selinski, DK Network, Hideki, Scotty, and Adam Scott. Three pretty, uh, pretty solid places to start any lineup. Gutsiest play, Adam Svensson. I think he ended up cracking the top 10. So Andy Lack was the only guy in Adam Svensson this week. Uh, Would have loved to see an Adam Svensson W. Didn't, didn't work out that way. Uh, <laughs> but we'll, uh, we'll talk about some, some Calcutta uh, some Calcutta plays this week at the, at the Mexico Open. But Kyle, let's, let's finish things off with the one and done. Yeah, and just one last thought there, Mike. And- Overall, I'm kind of disappointed that I went light this week, just given what was going on in my life, because uh, it looked like the model had a good week. You had a good week, right? Overall, one of your better weeks of the year. Uh, so so the leader year-to-date for us is, is Stogie. Uh, he's up to $2.42 million. He had Patrick Cantlay last week. That brought him home uh, fourth place at 866000 uh, followed by Mulligan, 46, uh, Seabury, J.E. Minky jumps up there, and T. Nash. Uh, so overall, uh, we we got some new names creeping to the top of the leaderboard, which is always fun. Uh, you know, Jordan was really talking some crap there for a while, Mike. Let's let's scroll down, scroll down. He is down to 17th, still at a uh, million dollars, but he he had speed last week, which obviously took down nothing. Uh, yeah, we, we can stop there. We don't really need to talk about us. Uh, <laughs> we still got a lot of time left, a lot of time to win some money. Um, yeah, a lot of elevated events. That's all. Nobody in the, in the RTG one and done, I, we're seeing very few winners and not, and no one's picked a winner in the signature event yet. So that's, what's keeping us all in it. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. It's good. I, I like weeks like this because this I, these are the weeks to be fun. Uh, try to get a little different. Use someone. The signature event model. Still still working our way. Try to figure figure out way uh, how to navigate that. You need to use your studs, but don't want to use them when other people are. And that's where we are. One more topic on Riv. We'll go through this very quickly. We are workshopping Jordan's big Survivor League uh, season-long contest. Uh, he wanted to play Spieth. Uh, I told him Spieth was fine. I also threw out Rory and and Fleetwood as two other options. And you came back over the top after the show last week and said you need to play Homa. At the end of the day, all four players worked out. They were all were credited with made cuts. Homa and McElroy working their way back across the cut line on Friday after playing pretty poorly on Thursday. Fleetwood, you know, had a fine week. And I believe in the Survivor League, they gave Spieth credit for a made cut for scoring well enough to make the cut, even though he was disqualified before the end of the second round. Yeah, I disagree with the scoring rule. Yeah, if I, but. Hey, those are the rule of contests. And if it was laid out beforehand, sure. Uh, yep. But yep. yeah, I might have uh, sent that response back with a picture of a Manhattan at the same time last week. <laughs> it was fine. It worked out. No, no, no sweat. We'll come back to Survivor League here in, in a few minutes. So let's get into the Mexico Open. And I'll start by uh, re, uh, I'll start by paraphrasing what one of our favorite follows, Rick Eamon, what he said on his show this week, which is, this is a real golf tournament with real human golfers. You will bet real money and you will win real money. So before we go and crap on the quality of the field and the forgettableness of the golf course, you can still bet on it. So let's have some fun. Uh, heck yeah. And 
I'm ready to go. I love weeks like this. I looked this up pre-show because I was curious. I last year of all the all the DFS events last year, I won the third most money at the Mexico Open. Uh, did really well at the Masters. Did well at the Charles Schwab, and then in, in the Mexico, like and then Finau and Rom last year. So I'm excited, Mike. This yeah, let's, this let's run it week. back. Big let's week. Run it back. Vedanta Vierta. In Nuevo Vallarta, Mexico, last year, Tony Finau won. Uh, we have this 7,500-yard, par 71, past Palom Greens, resort course that literally uh, plays like a resort course. It's wide open. Guys can hit it all over the place. There's almost no penalty for being in the rough. Uh, and really, outside of, like, what is it, hole 10, where you have like out of bounds left and water right, there really aren't a lot of interesting threatening shots. So like that's frankly, that's what I'm looking forward to is watching that that tee shot. But other than that, we're looking for guys what long iron play, bomb it off the tee. Correct. Yep. Bombers, long irons, like you said, Mike, it has 46% of approach shots over 200 yards. That is the most on tour. And then uh resort course, we're in Mexico, uh, past Palm and Greens. So slower, stickier grass, and there it is similar to Poa that there just seems to be guys that uh, like to putt on past Palo. One, a uh, couple things to note. So we are back to a full field event, top 65, and ties making the cut. Uh, DraftKings, DraftKings-wise, we have salaries all the way down to $5,000. So as we get into lineup building strategies, keep in mind that you can – really get into the bottom of the barrel in this event. Yeah, and, you know, I hope we see something similar to this at, at some of the other places out there, particularly the Masters. So we had Tony Finau leading the way at 12000 this week, just teaser on who is the top of the model, Tony Finau, $12,000, 56% mention share and a 90 on the MPI. But then, as Mike said, we have guys at 5000 and especially at Augusta, I think this sort of pricing structure makes a lot of sense with a somewhat edited field there and a lot of guys that are just in the field that really have no chance of competing. So they might as well be $5,000 and freaking put Scotty, put Rom north of 12, make people make decisions. I think that makes that I, I love pricing like this because it makes it fun and you know, on bunches, I guess, for the lack of a better term, <laughs> guys. Uh, you're right. It is. Uh, it will be fun. You know, some of these guys are going to make the cut. And in this, I, I feel like you get the same you get the same conversation in the industry, too, of like, hey, why don't we do this more often? Really makes you choose and really makes you get fun with lineups. So let's uh, let's start with the uh, RTG model. I'm going to guess we don't have any 5K players trending near the top, but there might be some interesting, interesting names. You have to scroll quite a ways to find someone in the 5K range, Mike. Uh, but after after Tony, we have Mr. Johnny Vegas at $7,600, 37% mention share. Uh, MPI says tread lightly so far. Uh, then we have my boy Nikolai Odegaard at 10.7, uh, 38% mention share as well. The MPI is pretty strong there at 83 Sam Stevens, $7,100, also at that 37, 38% mention share and 38 on the MPI. Uh, the next grouping, we got three more coming in at right around 31%. Alejandro Tosti, uh, Carson Young, and Davis Thompson, 27 uh, on the MPI for Tosti, zero for Carson Young, and 84 for Davis Thompson. And what I really find I guess interesting there is you have your bombers, you know, Fino hits a far, Vegas hits a far, Nikolai hits a far, Sam Steven hits a far, Toasty can can bomb it, Davis Thompson can. And then you have Carson Young, which seems to be kind of the favorite counterplay, uh, has some good course history here, but doesn't really fit the overall narrative. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing from a DFS perspective, though. It depends maybe on if you're going to get contrarian with, with Carson Young. I agree with you. I, I saw the same thing as I was kind of flipping through these guys. Like Carson Young is projected probably double-digit ownership, $7,400 projected double-digit ownership. 
Um, I don't know. I think there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of reading we got to do to to get some of the backstory on what we think the fit is here. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point, Mike. You know, when you look at look at his form, right? He was 41st at Phoenix Open, 56 of Farmers, which somewhat a similar type setup from a distance perspective. Obviously, a much harder place to putt, and there's a lot of differences beyond that. P17th at Amex, though, you can try to draw some sort of correlation if you squint. Uh, at uh, Air Cardinal uh, Worldwide Technology Championship, he got ninth. But outside of that, I don't see his performance in similar courses very often. Mm-hmm. So I, I that's an interesting one to me. And, and there's a reason maybe the MPI doesn't love him so far, because maybe people are latching on to something there that we shouldn't be looking at. Well, let's uh, so we got the rundown of the top uh, top 10 guys. So in the, in the RTG model, what's besides Carson Young? What's catching your attention? I, I'm going to go back to Fino. Uh, I know he does not have the course or the form he had going into this event last year, especially with the putter. So I think that's going to scare some people away and give us a little bit lower ownership than he should. I really have a hard time at $12,000 thinking 40% of people are going to are going to go there in their lineups. And if he gives me something less than that, I'm, I'm going to be at least at field. I, I think at in this type of event, he's won it. He's finished second uh, at similar or less strength fields. I I think at twelve thousand, especially with the lower price guys we have access to this week, I'm there. So the MPI is strong. The mention share is strong, and it says to do it. Uh, Landon Slinsky's there. Spencer's there. Brendan Godula. So a lot of the guys we like to tail week in week out. I'm in. Going down board a little bit, Taylor Pendrith, 9,600. If you look to you know, pivot a little bit with starting with the lineup with Finau or going Finau, Pendrith, and then going cheaper from there, he could fit into that style build too. 25% mentioned share, 51 on the MPI. Uh, Lynn Hochberg, Andy Lack, I mentioned him as plays this week. Uh, hint there, I also like him on the betting market. I A lot of people have gone there, and that number has really been bet down over the last couple of days. And then if I'm going to live it, look to pivot maybe somewhere a little bit, I've played him a lot this year so far, but uh, Rio, his Hatsumi, that do better, Mike? Uh, I would have said yes, except listening to some shows earlier this week, I believe it is his Setson. Oh, I tried to take your notes from last time. Anyway, I know he's not his- I was wrong. He's uh he's ninety six hundred, so I do not think more many people are going to go there because he doesn't necessarily fit that bomber narrative. Uh, but Spencer Aguilar is on him, uh, and the reason I like him is he, you know he's not overly long, but he's good with his two hundred plus approach shots and scores really well at easy courses. He was eleventh at the Amex. Uh, and then T33 at Farmer, somewhere that's going to score a little harder than this. Then you go back to the fall, it's T6 at Zozo, T10 at Barracuda, uh, other scores, courses that set up well to scoring. So I think he could be a little bit of an underlooked guy at 9,200 this week. Really good stuff. Really good stuff, Kyle. I had a lot of similar notes this week. I think it, you're right. Like if. You got to play Tony, like depending on depending on the contest, you got to play Tony. I think if you're winning, if you're winning a large field GPP, you're playing Tony and you're getting different and your different works out this week. That's that's probably what ends up happening. I just think his floor is so high on uh, on, in a field like this. I actually disagree a little bit with his form. I've heard this take. He's putting atrociously right now. That's true. But I generally think his form looks pretty similar to what it looked like going into the 2023 Mexico Open, which was on a different spot of the calendar. I believe that was at the end of April, uh, not at the end of February. But, you know, he had a run of honestly, he had a run of 10 top 20s. Then he finished 26th at the Masters, 31st at the RBC and then wins the Mexico Open. But he had basically gained four strokes on approach. Uh, in every event leading up to that in the previous 10. And then you flip over to this year, 
19th, 47th, 6th, 25th, 38th on the 2024 season, uh, killing it with his irons and gaining off the tee consistently. So I actually, you kind of see a a similar pattern. It's just his putting is so, so bad, and he's missing a lot of the three, four, five footers. The big question is whether or not Paspalum forgives a terrible putter enough like Tony uh, this year. That That's maybe what evens it out. I think that's a decent take, Mike, because you do, like, to your point, you look at he lost putting at the Masters last year. He lost at RBC uh, almost four strokes and then shows up at Mexico and gains five strokes putting. Yeah. So it, it's I mean, kind of like just, Corey Connors. You know, you just you get him on the right course and he just suddenly becomes a, a positive putter. It, he's lost three in a row and very heftily <laughs> lost three in a row and with only breaking even at the Amex. And, Going back to his last year, yes, he was losing again, but he has shown that ability to pop out of nowhere. Um, yeah, that's you know that's why I'm in. I I agree with your take there wholeheartedly. If I want to offer maybe just a a pivot to your Pendrith, uh, Stephen Yeager, I feel like Stephen Yeager is probably shows up a very similar profile to Taylor Pendrith this week. He's not. Um, they're probably going to come in about the same ownership, so just kind of pick your poison. You want a guy that's accurate, uh, hits the ball plenty long, gains consistently on approach, and just really needs to get it going with the putter to have a good week. I think Steven Yeager is another guy you can slot in in the mid-9Ks, especially if maybe you're thinking of not playing Tony. And so you're going to go 9-9-9-7-7-7 maybe. I think Yeager Pendrith is a, an interesting place to start. And so, of course... You need some you need some salary relief in this at some point, whether you're playing Tony or not. And so give me Parker Cootie. The 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 Cootie brothers have uh they flashed a little bit here and there, but if he's really gonna be sub five percent, he gained seven strokes ball striking at Tory. He gained two at the Amex, you know, kind of two decent starts on the PGA this season. That's good enough for me to take a flyer at sixty five hundred. All right, Parker, huh? <laughs> there's enough there's enough love on him this week i mean what are we seeing you're seeing uh 25 at the moment so it might be if, it, if that if that sticks i'm gonna be mixing him into a, a decent number of lineups well if you really want to get a bomb play at at fifty seven hundred dollars um i'm not gonna have much but maybe one click in a random gpp contest tom whitney uh mm-hmm. he was t13 at the farmers uh can gain off the tee. Uh, had it can have pop with that approach week. If you're really looking for something down at that price point, maybe that's someone you can you could really squint at. Uh, and then a guy I'm probably not playing, and I'm going way back up the board, but I'm not going to play him in DFS. I'm not going to bet on him because we have enough shares in him elsewhere. But I'm going to be rooting heavily this week is for Mr. Thomas Dietrich. I, honestly, like our our uh, our Calcutta squad, Mitchell, Wu, Dietrich, I think have plenty of upside this week. That yeah, fade, fade them in your DFS lineups this week, and let's just go roll in the in the big Calcutta pool. Hundred percent, completely. <laughs> uh, like to go that way. I might have bet one of them just because I I have a betting story this week. But yes, hundred percent. The the last thing I'll say before we move on, the last thing I'll say in the 5K range is there's a couple of names that have floated down here that are guys that we've seen, guys that we've seen flash in stronger fields that you do kind of wonder what's going on to get. I mean, clearly, like the form isn't there to warrant a much higher uh, spot on the uh, for salaries. But, you know, Callum Terran, 5,600. Uh, David Lipsky, 5,500. Are you telling me that, uh, you know, Ben Coles is worth 800 more dollars than Callum Taron? And uh, I mean, even someone like Justin Lower, 6,100. Like, I actually think if you really squint into the 5Ks, you can find some at least some name recognition that you'd say, yeah, that's a that. that I would be surprised if Callum Taron finishes top 15 in the Mexico Open, and I'm getting him at $5,600. And so for some reason, I think some of these guys have fallen into that range, and, and you can exploit some of that. 
at same wavelength, Mike, because you know a guy like Ben Taylor, he was T eight here last year. Yeah, fifty one hundred dollars. That's 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 like inexcusable. Like that's just a. That's just laziness on DraftKings' part because you're right. Like in a in a course uh, an event that's been here for two years, so I know there's not a lot of form, a lot of course history, but clearly there's something that he sees on this golf course. He finishes eighth last year. Like why not take him at 5100? I mean, you're you're rolling with some high miss cut potential, obviously, but 5100 dollars. I mean, you cut waste management 64th at Farmers, cut 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 77th. T28th at Shriners. Like, uh, you're only paying 5100 for a guy. You're asking for that one in nine possibility of event of T28 with the upside of an eighth. I, I think that's worth a dice roll if you're playing a ton of lineups. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on. We're going to talk. Um, we got we to gotta do a quick, before we get to name game, we got to do a quick uh, Survivor League workshop. So if Jordan was here, and you know he's going to listen back. He's on vacation. He's going to listen to this uh, on the airplane while his kids are wonderfully behaved on the on the trip home. What are we telling him to do to make a cut at the Mexico Open? He's got to play Finau. That's huh? what I, that I 100%. 100%. I don't think there's even a question. It, the, it, Finau might be 100% owned in the survivor pool this week. But and you I would say... Fly. Kick, 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 kick hand down the road. We'll deal with it next week. 100%. You, you got to play Finau. Where else outside of Rocket Mortgage and maybe 3M would you even consider him anyway? And we don't even know that the survivor pool would even get that far in the season. Correct. Yeah. So I, I think you, you click Finau. He goes down. Congrats to the eight people, 8% <laughs> that have balls <laughs> outside of you. Yeah. So if Finau if is yeah. not the pick this week. Who else? Nikolai. Okay. I mean, okay. who would be your second? That would be my, if I was going to try to get cute, but it's not, it's not get cute season yet. You got to get through the players. You got to get through the masters. If we were like in May, maybe you're trying to, you know, get a little cute. We're not there yet. I agree with that from a survivor league pick one and done. I think any pure bomber is in play from a one and done standpoint. So, you know, you want to go play Pendrith, you want to play Jaeger, you want to play Hoygaard, you want to play Finau. Like, I think all those guys would be in play for one and done. Mitchell, um, but Survivor, I think you just got to take the cream of the crop. I didn't give my one and done a lot of thought yet. It's going to be, going to kind of be a boring week. I think so. I think so. I think it's going to be, uh, it's probably going to be like six guys owned across the pool. But all right, let's do it. Name game. You were pumped about it. I have not, uh, I did not take a sneak peek. So what do you got? I am. I, I'm very excited, Mike, if my computer operated with me. So we're in Mexico. Uh, if you're going on a Mexican vacation, Mike, what are the three things you need to plan out? I've never what been res- to Mexico. What result? Who? All right, we will unpack that after the show. Uh, what resort you're going to? Absolutely. What all inclusive? Maybe I don't know. What tequila you're going to drink and where you're going to get your tacos? <laughs> so perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, so team one, we have Austin Ecro. Uh, he, you're, you're staying at the Austin for team one. That's that's the name of your resort. You have Cameron Champ because you're going to be consuming a lot of camp, uh, Champ's tequila. And then you have Alejandro Tosti because you're eating Tosti tacos. I'm surprised that uh, I'm surprised Tosti didn't open a tostada stand. But the theme here is tacos, Mike. Okay, Get with all right, it. Bye. All right. <laughs> so you're staying at Dawson, you're drinking Champ's tequila, and you're eating Tosti tacos. Uh, team two, you're staying at. Oh, uh, Solar's Sanctuary. That's Crystal Ball Del Solar, uh, the guy that shoots like a 40 at, on a 200 foot. And he's $6,400, and I could get Callum Terran for 5600 Come on. Uh, Chris got her up because got her up tequila. No comment. <laughs> and Bjorn Olison for uh, it's. It's Dion Brion's tacos. Uh, that that team is also that team is twenty three eight. The previous team is twenty four four. 
team three is Johnny Vegas because you're staying at Little Vegas and you're drinking some Paul Barjan, Barjan tequila, and you're eating at Emiliano Grillo's, Grillo's tacos. <laughs> and the team four uh, is Harry Hall because you're staying at Harry's Haven and Tony Finau drinking Tony's tequila and while eating Terrence tacos, Calum Terrence. Those last two teams are 24-4 as well. So really, I was really going for those 24-4s, but I couldn't find a tequila or a, a taco option to make it 24-4, and I really did not want to go off got her up tequila. So here we are. <laughs> uh, that's perfect. It's perfect. I am I am curious why uh, Thorbjörn Olsen has Tommy's tacos as his uh, taco well, stand. No, that might have been a typo as the very last thing going in. I think I did very well at that pronunciation. You did. You did. This was, uh, this was really good. I have, uh, you know, I, I won't get into to some of the creative liberties, but I think it is. I'm, I'm excited to check out some of these places. This is no question. I mean, if you've been listening to the show this far, no question that since I have first picked, I finished last, I'm going with team four. I've already talked Callum Taren up enough. I might as well take him and, and the stud Tony Finau and let's roll. So you're having some Tony's tequila while you're eating Terrence tacos and staring at hey, staying at Harry's Haven. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so yes, who who's the next pick, Mike? Listeners, yeah. listeners are up Listeners. next. Uh, I, I'd lean. Uh, gosh, I'd lean Team Two. You know, they feel like uh, uh, maybe we got her up tequila might be uh, might be more of a Jordan thing though. So that seems maybe, like uh, a, that seems like a Jordan thing. So maybe we dish the listeners Team One. All right. I feel like they want to stay at Dawson, eat some Toasty's tacos. Toasty is getting a lot of love in the betting world this week. So go hammer some Toasty's tacos, chase it with some Champs tequila, and stay at the Austin. Have a great time, listeners. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Kyle, which means that leaves you with Vegas, Barjan, and the uh, Argentinian grilled cheese griot. Yeah, I Bring it on. Minus the cheese. No cheese in my tacos. But I'll go stay at Little Vegas any day. Let's go. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you for doing that. I was uh, I was commenting before the show that if I were you and I was making the game for the Mexico Open as retribution, I would have picked the uh, 12 hardest to pronounce names in the no. field this week and then make me read them. <laughs> make me read them. <laughs> But see, you'd be way because you know right? that's what I would have done to you. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, well, uh, round things out. Uh, are you going to bet on the Mexico Open? You said it's such a great week for you. You're going to bet on the Mexico Open. Well, yes. Uh, unfortunately, but fortunately, maybe this will work out. We'll see how this plays out in hindsight. It's kind of an eclectic card this week. Um. Had a short betting window with access to opportunity and kind of had to just fire some shots without really much research. So who knows? Who knows what happens? I'm on Taylor Pendrith. Uh, He was at 22 by the time I got there. He opened at, I think, pushing 40 in some places, really got bet down. Just perfect fit for this course, uh, what he does well. So feel better about that. That's three units. I did take Brandon Wu. That is our one guy that, hey, I'm on. He has a second and a third here. 14th and strokes gained approach in this field. Uh, He was 23rd in my model, trying to weigh heavily on those longer approaches. Uh, He was a 35, not a great number, but is what it is in this field like this. One and a half units. I have my boy, Hizutani, because I just had to. I'm in. Um. I said it different. I, I reverted. Yeah. I reverted back. I don't even know who that is. Has <laughs> <laughs> that Sunday? I reverted back that one. Sorry, my apologies out there. Uh, Matt Hughes, which really did, uh, you know, solid at long irons, but just in case we get a little different, Ken doesn't quite hit it as far. Uh, then Sam Stevens, complete bomber play. And then I did take Alex Molly because the way my card worked out, I could take one guy 80 to one and still have my payout structure. I liked and He was 11th in stroke scan approach on this field. 12th in my model. Let's go. 
I look forward to that. I, I we need to we need to get a sweat back going here uh, on the RTG side on Sunday. So why not at the Mexico Open? Yes, someone's got to win. Not. Someone's got to win. Yes, hopefully Thomas Seedry. Not gonna lie, oh, <laughs> there it, that would be. Uh, he's been playing well. There's no reason that he shouldn't contend here. And uh, and let's let's uh, let's hopefully he's hoping the the tro- hoisting the trophy on Sunday. Kyle, I got a video for you. This doesn't happen often, but we had a uh, a listener. Uh, P. Koziak 3, we'll give him uh, source credit on this, actually send a news article during the recording time oh. that he thought might be apropos for the show. So I'm going to go through uh, just a couple of lines here, and you tell me what you think. Tell me if you saw this. This is the New York Post reporting this. Uh, Minnesota Brewer sent flying across the floor after beer tank valve explodes, blasting him with a powerful stream of IPA. I did see this. And back channel brewing. <laughs> Back channel brewing identified uh, by the company as Brendan was the beer suddenly shot out of a hole, knocking him on his backside. The video is incredible. You know what they called the beer? It was called blowback. He literally gets knocked back about 10 feet. It's pretty it's pretty remarkable. Well, I want to know the mechanics of what happens because he goes up and does something. Right. And then, just, yeah, he's just, working on the just, mat. Just gets rocketed. <laughs> uh, we'll have to tweet that out because that is uh, uh, that is just a uh, perfect, perfect way to end this show. Final thoughts uh, on the show on the Mexico Open. Go enjoy uh, some Mexican honey or some tequila and want some money this week. That's that's the theme. To- Let's do it. I might have to pick that up. Well, that is a wrap on our Mexico Open preview. You can find us on Twitter at RTG Podcast DFS, our YouTube channel, Reading the Green, and any major podcast platforms. New episodes out every Wednesday morning. We'll be back in a week with the results for the Mexico Open and a preview of the match. No, I'm just kidding. The Honda Classic. Lexi? No, not the Honda Classic. Okay, fine. The Cognizant Classic at PJ National. See ya.